All right, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour on the week before Wilder Fury 2. Obviously, we got a big, lots of fights going on this weekend. As always, uh, Ed Carbohal here with Matthew Hawkins. Coast to Coast Combat Hour. This week, we are joined by Mr. Hector Franco, who is the lead boxing writer over at FrontProofMedia.com. What's up, Hector? How are you? Uh, man, I'm doing good, man. Thank to, to both of you, you and Matt, for having me on here today. You know, I'm a big fan of you guys. So I'm looking forward to d- talking about boxing and MMA and, you know, everything combat sports. Nice. Yeah, we try to mix in boxing as much as possible, especially with the uh, kind of the rise of the – I mean, boxing never left. I think that was kind of a myth that, that MMA fans wanted to kind of uh, – used to to raise the the value of their sport but right now the the heavyweight class uh, is really somewhere it seems to me that have we haven't seen since maybe the mid 90s kind of the klitschko holyfield uh lennox lewis era so we got the big wilder fury fight coming up uh it's got to be for a boxing writer man that's got to be something to get you excited when you got a big uh heavyweight world championship fight Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, when you consider the two personalities involved, you got uh, Tyson Fury, who, you know, he recently did a WWE show, you know, in in Saudi Arabia, that Crown Jewel show. He's perfect for any interviews. And the same thing with Deontay Wilder. So it's a boxing writer's dream to have this. You know, I, I actually wanted to start off by asking you guys a question here, you know. When their first fight occurred in December 2018, I was really surprised that it caught on with the MMA community and, uh, you know, just the mainstream attention it got, you know, especially where, you know, Wilder wasn't known that well. And then Fury had just come back from retiring after he beat Klitschko and had two, you know, nondescript fights. Was there something, uh, you know, about these two fights that, you know, you think it might have gravitated it towards MMA fans or, you know, combat sports fans in general? For me, a lot of it has to do with it just being heavyweights. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, that's what heavyweights, how I got into MMA when it started, it was all heavyweights essentially. And and a couple, you know, outliers who were smaller guys who, you know, Hoist Gracie and stuff like that, who kind of were able to hang with the big guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, for that's what it, for me, and kind of getting over the Mayweather hangover a little bit. I mean, Mayweather had his time, but I feel like we were kind of force fed uh, Floyd Mayweather for, for almost a decade past his uh, maybe not a full a decade, but probably a good five years past his relevance. Uh, maybe maybe the Canelo fight was really the last fight um, that I can think of that kind of uh, had me real interested. Uh, the, I think he fought Berto and some other guys kind of shortly thereafter, and those fights didn't really mean much to me. And then we had the the McGregor situation, uh, which was which was basically just kind of a circus sideshow. So for me, it was the heavyweight <laughs> um, yeah. having a, having a big uh, a big a big striker like Wilder. Uh, with his power kind of brought back the Tyson kind of thing. And then, and then you had a big guy like uh, Fury who, who for me, you know, it, with his movements and his ability to avoid the big punches and uh, his technique and plus his, uh, his personality. I mean, you got two cl- right. clash of personality between the two that really, really sold that first fight for me. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where I came from. I, I don't know what his opinion is on it. Well, I mean, it's weird that, that it's funny Hector asked that. Cause we kind of talked about it when you were in New York uh, covering uh I forgot what you came to cover uh, when you came to the garden. Uh, uh, I think it was back. Uh, Gennady Golovkin uh, against Daniel Jacobs at the garden around that time, like March, I, I think it was. Like it was snowing. Yeah, it was definitely. I remember it was before St. Patrick's Day because uh, the the Irish dude that McGregor walked in when it was coincidentally. Oh with, yeah, with that night oh, before. Yeah. yeah, so we were we Michael were actually Conlon. Out, Michael Conlon. We were outside the garden that night, freezing our asses off and looking for a place to get beer. 
Um, but um, it's funny that you uh, you asked that because I know we talked about it back then, and I, Matt, I probably mentioned this to you too. But you know, the thing is with uh, with myself anyway, I've always been a fight fan. My dad was a boxer, you know, in his younger days before he became a chef, and um, so and being Mexican, obviously. You don't grow up in a Mexican household, you know, right. without watching boxing. So I don't want to say I left boxing. And, and again, uh, Hector and, and Matt, you probably know this story. But like, you know, like I, I just kind of drifted away from it. Uh, pretty much. I told you the whole Lennox Lewis to Vander Holyfield thing. I mean, not Lennox. Yeah. Uh, um, Lennox Lewis and, and uh, Vladimir Klitschko when uh, when that fight happened and then it got it got stopped due to a cut and then. Lennox Lewis kind of just like walked away from boxing and, and <laughs> yeah. screwed up the heavyweight division. It, it left a bad taste in my mouth, but I was a, I, I was always a hardcore, I was a hardcore boxing fan. <laughs> and this is funny. Cause like now I, I don't watch as much UFC as I used to because of the whole ESPN plus thing, but I don't have HBO anymore. But when I had HBO, I would tune into every boxing thing that, that was on. So it's funny how history kind of repeats itself when programming changes for me anyway. But I never. I mean, obviously, I'm working. You know, uh, for all the years I I, I, would, I write at uh, wrote at Front Proof and stuff as the MMA guy. I was never outside of the boxing space. I was always kind of aware of what was going right. on. So, so when I saw just that the first, you know, and the first fight happening and seeing these guys, uh, you know, at the levels they were at coming together, it was definitely a fight I wanted to see. A real boxing match, not not a circus like the Mayweather McGregor thing. So like like I kind of like what Matt said, you know that that was it was nice to see to if anything Mayweather McGregor, McGregor kind of put the the smell of boxing a uh, familiar scent kind of like mom's cooking or or you know your your favorite <laughs> you know what I mean like like folk, right. like yeah. folk, folks that were for, you know that used to tune into the big fights for especially for heavyweights like Matt said it was definitely it's funny because Rocky is on on my TV right now in the background as we talk oh, about boxing yeah. <laughs> so uh. Uh, Rocky, Rocky three, which is funny because, uh, you know, it, the whole, that's actually my favorite one. I think it's a lot of people's favorite three. one, yeah, but, but anyway, Rocky three now, but it, uh, that's, that's what kind of like, so I was never, uh, I, I was never like far from the sport or whatever. And, and, but something mm-hmm. about, I want to say in the last couple of years, I mean, with the, with the whole thing, even with the Andy Ruiz and, uh, Anthony Joshua, that whole thing, this particular right. matchup. You know, there's just been a lot of interesting things uh, with boxing. I think the zone deserves some credit for for the way they've been marketing boxing. Um, you know, so I, I I don't know. It's just uh, like I said. I, plus, MMA fans were never. I mean, me and Matt, have we Matt, you said this before on the on the other episode of the podcast. We're never not like fan because uh, a lot of MMA fighters train boxing too. They have boxing coaches. Of course. So yeah. they don't, it's not but, something that we're ever really far from, you know, the, the rules and regulations, a lot of that stuff comes from boxing commissions too. So it's, it's never something that's, that's out of the MMA space. It, we're, we're actually always interested in it. Um, you know, I never understood the rivalry between these, this boxing versus MMA thing. I know we've talked about this in private before, uh, Hector. Uh, yeah, come, yeah, come yeah for sure. Yeah. So it's definitely, I, I for me, it's, it's just, I've been interested in it, so that's that. I, I'm I'm glad to hear that, man. Anytime you know we can get both you know communities together, you know I I remember going to uh which wasn't a, a great event, but um 
Last summer, I covered the bare knuckle fighting championship with uh, Artem LeBeau, you know, and Pauli Malignaggi. The event itself, you know, wasn't great, but it was cool to have like a lot of MMA media and boxing media there. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, one thing you said was very interesting. We could get back to it, but you talked about a little bit about ESPN Plus um, <laughs> and how you know it's caused you to watch a little bit less uh, UFC. You know, I actually have <laughs> feel kind of the same way with a lot of the top ranked fights that are on ESPN and mm-hmm. ESPN Plus. You know, it's I know it's cheap. It's only four ninety nine, but sometimes it doesn't even feel like it's worth that much, you know, a lot of the times, man, with some of the content they provide. Um, but, you know, we get to dive a little bit more into that a little bit later. Yeah. I mean, the cool uh, thing about old HBO was that, the, and, and I think even Showtime at times, is that they would show the pay-per-view like the next weekend. So even if yeah, it was well, something yeah. where you didn't have the money to dish out, HBO would always have the replay like the following Saturday. If you heard well, it was I a great fight. Those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was always yeah, kind of cool, but um, it's, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you got this big heavyweight fight. Um, like I said, the two big personalities, uh, where do you, I mean, we'll kind of get into the breakdown of this, but, uh, is this the, is this the fight right now for boxing is, um, I know Ryan Garcia fought in my neighborhood, uh, around this area last week. And, uh, he kind of picked up a lot of uh, steam on social media or something, but is this the fight? Is there any other fight in boxing that would be bigger than this, or is is this it right here? I, I think, um, you know, possibly in uh, the United Kingdom, uh, maybe uh, Fury, you know, taking on Anthony Joshua or Wilder Joshua. I think those, from a uh, spectator standpoint, would be bigger because, you know, they'd have the opportunity to sell out, like, Wembley Stadium, like 80,000 people. So, you know, from that perspective, I think that – possibly could be bigger uh maybe something like errol spence against terence crawford were both uh you know prime welterweight champions but yeah for this year uh especially in the 20 you know i i don't know who canelo is going to end up fighting you know of course mayweather and pacquiao are you know retired or, or well not pacquiao but you know mayweather's retired we don't know if he's coming back or not so absolutely i, I think this is definitely the biggest fight uh, of, of the year so far unless you know something else happens with uh, you know one of the aforementioned three yeah uh i mean uh i feel like one of the things um about the these two guys like we get a if we get a clear winner this weekend then Anthony Joshua, you know, I feel like that that has to happen. We there's no way it can't not I happen. So. I, I I know I know with the uh, I know with the uh, the way promotion work. I don't understand what the whole thing is. I mean, I do understand it, but I don't because you know one of the things we complain about with MMA is how it's how, like we'll never get to see or it's hard to see. Uh, we, we're seeing we've seen a little bit of it recently with the whole Belt or Rising crossover, but. To get like we, I mean, uh, fans would love to see, you know, the uh, a UFC bantamweight champ fight a belt or a bantamweight champ, and and you know, boxing does yeah. that now, uh, because of uh, they're not they're they don't restrict their their promotions because everybody's involved in the negotiation process and, and X Y and Z. But I think um, I think depend regardless of who wins from these two guys on Saturday, um, to to make the next big boxing fight like Max is talking about, it's it's got to be Joshua versus the winner of this weekend. Even though I thought it was interesting that uh, on the yesterday at the Grand Arrivals, Fury said that uh, the WC title is kind of the only one he cares about winning or 
something to that effect. Like he, they, it's almost like like they've they've made Anthony Joshua irrelevant. Is that does that uh, the vibe you get off of them too? Yeah, I think both of them um, have quotes where they're very dismissive of Anthony Joshua at this point because, you know, uh, he lost to Andy Ruiz. But, you know, look, people lose all the time, man. And uh, that's that's one thing I like more so about MMA versus boxing, if we're going to compare the two, in that sense where a loss isn't the end of you. You know, it's not meant to, you know, diminish Anthony Joshua in some way, which, you know, He's still definitely a top heavyweight. I mean, if anything, he's he's top three, top five, you know, after these two guys, if anything. But, um, you know, I I think the best thing about this fight is that there's co-promotion between, you know, Fox or the Premier premier Boxing Champions and top ranking ESPN, which is great. Um, It shows Mm -hmm. that these guys are are willing to work together if the proper fight can be made. And you're right that it is – very difficult, man, you know, within MMA, because it almost feels like uh, it's, it's almost, it's bigger than just networks. You know, you have two promoters, you know, PBC and top rank, and then one of them's an ESPN, one of them's mainly with Fox. And then uh, it's almost like uh, with MMA, like Nike and Adidas doing something together. You know, it's almost like these two big brands, you know, Bellator and UFC, hopefully um, as the years go by, they'll be able, to do more fights but it does seem um you know ufc is stuck on the platform of espn plus uh, so it might make it more difficult you know for those kind of fights to happen in mma do you um i had something on top of my head but it slipped out oh i mean let me get on this then um i saw a tweet from uh george foreman today and i uh you being a, a boxing historian uh, he made a somebody asked him how he would do against Tyson Fury, and his response was basically, and I was surprised me coming from a, a legendary boxer who, you know, obviously is confident in his own skills through it and is a legend, um, that he basically came out and said that Tyson Fury would essentially be able to dodge most of his power and, and steal rounds from him throughout the fight and um, basically win a decision. Uh, as a boxing historian, um, do you see a, uh, a comparison between kind of Wilder and Foreman? No heck, I don't. I don't hear him. I don't hear his mic. You know what? Uh, I, I think as far as their punching power, absolutely. I think it was more of a thudding kind of power. You guys hear me now? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Sorry yeah. about that. So with uh, Foreman, I, I think he he's always been very gracious. I, I think to guys of of these eras you know talking about any of these guys so you know from Mayweather to Pacquiao so as far as comparing Wilder and Foreman's power Foreman is power you know was much more thudding kind of power um you you watch old uh tapes of him training he's like destroying heavy bags <laughs> like they're they're like twisting in half almost a lot of them well Wilder I think is more of a uh, it's almost like his punches are a lightning strike. It's very sharp punches. They're very precise punches when they land. So I think the power is definitely definitely comparable, but it's different kind of power. Where I think Foreman is more of the guy who like will then stop you while Wilder just one hit and you're out. You know, and you know at the end of the day uh, in boxing you only have to be out for ten seconds or for a ten count. 
you know, and that's all it takes. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite quotes that Wilder's had uh, before he fought uh, a rematch with Luis Ortiz uh, late last year. Uh, he mentioned that these guys only have to be uh, these guys have to be perfect for 36 minutes against me. I only have to be uh, perfect for two seconds, which I thought was just an awesome quote. Yeah, it's true, man. That, that's pretty much how that. Luis Ortiz fight ended. He six rounds in a row and then just hit him with a right hand in the seventh round and it was over. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's actually, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's a popular quote. He's, he said that more than once, especially recently. Um, but uh, as far as you like, you guys have, at, as far as, did you, you guys were able to both see the first fight? Did you guys both have a. Uh, What was that? I, I, we, we lost you there. Hey, Ed, are you uh, talking right now? I can't hear you. Uh, Can you hear I couldn't me hear you just now if you were speaking. Uh, okay. No, okay. So I'm, I'm assuming you were that. asking. I'm, I'm assuming you were asking if we both had uh, uh, or how we had the cards of the first fight. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can hear you, Matt. I can hear you. Okay, so I, if you were asking about the cards, um, I had Fury winning, um, but I, I yeah also, yeah for just your impressions got, of it, you know, maybe if you didn't score it round by round necessarily, but just your feelings after the fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily score it exactly round by round. I'm not. I'm I'm kind of keeping a an idea as the fight's going on, and I had Fury. Uh, I thought Fury won the fight, but when he got dropped in the tenth round, it didn't surprise me at all that it became a draw. Um, it was the second time he had been put down. Um, so I know boxing scoring is, is round by round, but if I'm judging a fight, I had, I had no issue with the draw. Um, I mean, I wanted Fury to win, but uh, this draw didn't surprise me at all, especially, uh, with it being boxing judges or combat sports judges, uh, Hmm. basically nowadays. So it didn't surprise me at all, but, uh, I, I had Fury winning. If I would have been a judge, I would have had Fury probably winning by a point or two. Yeah. I, um, if, if I'm going to, uh, it's funny that that we're talking about the first fight. The thing about that, I, I, I mean, the, I've always been a fan. It's it's going to bring up the topic of boxer versus puncher and all that, which is always something that seems to come up. You know, you got the guys that that swing for the fences and have the conditioning to do so for for you know all twelve rounds, and then you got guys that are that are that are really students of the sweet science of boxing. You know, footwork, head movement slipping by punches and and you know not every punch is a power punch some some are combinations to set up finishes and things like that and i know that's what fury does well versus what uh wilder does well which is uh the, the knockout power um but that being said it, it's uh it, it was it's it's hard to call a fight especially when you when you have all these people coming up with theories afterwards and making a decision you know, it's one of the things that people say, uh, you know, people say that they judges let fans cheering and booze in, influence them. I know CFFC tried back in the day having judges locked away in a separate area and watching the fights on screen to kind of get rid of that. What? But, um, <laughs> yeah, but it was an experiment. I, 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 yeah, no, I actually do like it. But, um, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of, of if, if, if I was watching it with my family, you know, in my, in my parents' living room, we probably would have we probably would have thought uh, Wilder won because of the knockdown, and I know that's how, that was, that's one of the arguments. And as far as like how long it took Fury to get up and things like that, 
So I'm I'm gonna lean towards that, and that that's kind of sort because uh because he came closer to what looked like a finish to me. That's kind of where where I, I would probably go with my prediction for the weekend. The only reason I'm bringing that up because uh folks are uh, Jake Sage is asking for predictions. So um maybe will you jump in with uh with with your breakdown, Hector, and see if you you think I'm yeah, right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, just breaking it down, just looking at the first fight, um, you know, the looking at the copy box uh, stats, the fight was pretty close. Um, you know, both, both fighters, uh, Wilder actually surprised me, you know, after watching the, the fight again um, and then looking at the punch stats, Wilder threw uh, over 100 more punches throughout the fight. Um, now, in the first six rounds, um, I only scored the fourth round for Wilder. So I'm assuming, obviously looking at the judges' scorecards, uh, the judges would have disagreed with that, and they gave a lot more of those early rounds to Wilder. Uh, he landed 71 out of 430 punches, uh, 16.5%. You know, Fury had him beat as far as connect percentages. The biggest thing, though, when I look at these punch stats is jabs thrown by both guys. Uh, Wilder threw 248 jabs, and Fury threw 223 jabs. Uh, now, Fury was more uh, accurate with the jab. And as far as breaking down this fight, and this is going to sound harder. <laughs> it's going to be harder than uh, it, it it looks to do, obviously. But I think one of the keys to victory for Wilder is to be more accurate with this jab and to not be so um, obvious with his jab, um, you know, mix it up, uh, throw it to the body more, uh, throw it more up top, you know, don't just use the same kind of combination where you're doing a faint jab to set up the right hand constantly, you know, someone like Fury, who throughout the fight was constantly feigning throughout the fight, constantly feigning and moving, um, you know, is going to be able to catch on to that kind of rhythm, uh, from somebody, but um, you know, hey, it, at the end of the day, I guess it, it kind of worked though for Wilder because he was able to mm-hmm. score two knockdowns. Um, on the flip side, um, for Fury, I know he's had uh, some quotes saying, "Hey, I'm gonna come in there and knock this guy out in the second round." Now, that tells me two things. Um, if you watch the first fight. Um, in between rounds, his trainer at the time, Ben Davison, who was uh, it was a pretty young trainer, like 26, 27 years old at the time, kept telling Tyson, uh, you're going to beat this guy with your left hand. I know you see the openings, but don't go for them yet. So it might be something where Fury might have seen something in the early rounds that he didn't just go for it uh, because maybe he or he just wanted to listen to his coach. Uh, Wilder doesn't fight on the inside very well. He doesn't fight going backwards very well. So I think that it might not be a bad idea for Fury. But, you know, one thing I would recommend for him, go to mm-hmm. the body more. You know, he landed anytime he landed on Wilder. And I think that uh, if he's planning on knocking out Wilder, you know, going to the body and then setting up a right hand, which – he landed a lot of right hands on Wilder in that first fight. I think that could be a, a good strategy for Fury. Interesting. But, do you, do um, you but, have a prediction? Uh, going with a prediction here, man. Uh, man, yeah. you know, rematches uh, tend to be uh, hit or miss uh, in the heavyweight division, man. Um, you know, look at uh, Lewis Holyfield, too, in an okay fight. Um, for this one, um, 
I'm going with um, I'm I'm gonna just go with my head here. Um, you know, I had Fury winning the first fight, so I'm gonna go with him again uh, to win this fight. However, I do want to say this: Wilder in both of his rematches, Bermain Stavern, who he originally won the WBC club, and then once against Luis Ortiz, he stopped them quicker and in more devastating fashion in both of those rematches. So. You know, there's always that possibility as well, guys. You know, maybe Wilder will land that right hand, and yeah, you know that'll be all she wrote. Yeah, I mean that's always always a, a possibility when you got the, the power and speed of Wilder. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I predicted, uh, I did an early prediction, and I thought I picked Fury. Um, I think he avoids the big power punch this time. Um, he's shown he can get up from it. Um, now, obviously, that's not a guarantee. Uh, if, if you take one from uh, from Wilder, but uh, he got up, uh, basically survived death on on that second one in the first fight. Um, I think his movement's too much. Uh, I think Wilder. I know he put away Ortiz, but he was kind of lackluster up until the point of the finish uh, in the re- in their rematch. Um, I think while I think Wilder will give away too many rounds, or, mm-hmm. or Fury will win too many early <laughs> rounds, and uh, and be able to hold on to to win a. Uh, to win a decision. I think he wins the fight about like eight rounds to four. If I was just going to try to handicap rounds. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I, I, uh, I, for some reason, I, I know my picks have been garbage in MMA. So it probably going to translate over to boxing, but I just, for some reason, I, I feel like uh Wilder can get it done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's I, I think he'll lose on points. Yeah. I mean, like, like I think he can finish him. I, I, I I think Fury can <laughs> probably win by uh, Fury could probably win by points and stuff, but I think I think he has the ability to not just put him down, but keep him down this time. But we'll see, man. I mean, the the thing about you know we talked about big fights in boxing, like the big fights in boxing, and how oftentimes, more times than not, I mean, I, I, if you look at like the uh, the ones with Canelo versus, uh, I guess the last Canelo versus Triple G or. or or, or uh, uh, all the fights in boxing that went to uh, decisions, you always have to, and we're kind of going <laughs> to, but this will definitely relate to MMA, especially today with the news that came out. Um, you know, if, if, if somebody doesn't get a finish, which both men are, are calling for finishes in boxing this weekend, um, you know, if it does go to the judges, there's always something that, that creates some type of drama over the weekend, uh, you know, over after, the weekend after the the fight, and uh, I know boxing is not exempt, and neither is MMA with with the stuff that happened at two forty seven not so long ago. Um, so I don't know if there's uh, if you guys are more concerned about it going not get if, if not getting a definitive winner, like like do you think we'll get another draw or 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 odd judging call? Is that is that a possibility? I I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I, I personally think that we're in for like four bouts between these guys. Mm. I think the first one being a draw, uh, is kind of a wash. Um, I'm assuming the odds of another draw are pretty rare. So I assume somebody wins this fight. Um, and then again, once somebody, you know what, uh, I think it's possible. This is possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I But I, I think we're in for a three or four fights between these two. Um, I don't know if Joshua ever actually gets in the, the ring with these guys. I think if they make enough money um, and depending on, you know, what happens with the judges and uh, if there's any controversy, I, I think we're in for a hand, you know, a couple fights between these two um, over the next couple of years. How about you? Yeah. 
I think we got some lag on, on your end, so. Yeah, we're having some issues with your audio. Yeah. But, um, uh, Ed, you mentioned the judging uh, slipping into UFC 247, and obviously MMA uh, has a uh, – I, I could definitely see that as well, man. I, I could definitely see that um, because the first fight uh, on pay-per-view sold about um, – you got some lag? All right, yeah. hold on. Let's try this <laughs> It's like a couple of minute lag, so let's give him a couple of minutes. <laughs> but uh, well, let's see what he jumps back in here. But um, yeah, so we were talking about the the Joe Solis issue uh, in the James Krause bout. Also had uh, some uh, controversy in the John Jones um, uh, Reyes fight. Uh, turns Are you guys out, able uh, to hear each other just fine? Yeah. Yeah. If anything, maybe drop back yeah. out and have Ed, Ed bring you okay. back in. Um. So that that it came out that he was a black belt. Uh, he received his black belt in 2008 under the coach um, for uh, for Giles, the the opponent for for Kraus. Um, he hadn't been in the gym since I believe 2010, apparently. But uh, obviously, there's a conflict of interest. We talked about it with uh, with Ray Robles when we talked about fighters judging. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a a student um, and somebody who received their black belt judging a, a fighter who's uh who's being coached by your mentor and your you know sensei is not the right word but uh <laughs> you know martial arts fans will kind of understand that um it, it, it's definitely strange and and whether it had anything to do with the decision or not uh, i don't see how uh we really bounce back and forth between with that happening and in sports, I I don't th- I think there's got to be a, a bit of an investigation and in, and in this Joe uh, Solis um, for not uh, bringing that to light prior to the to the bout uh, loses really any credibility he may have had um, beyond just being a bad judge. Now now you look corrupt and uh, and you should have stepped aside from that fight. I would think I I can't really think of a situation where you'd want to be taken seriously and you'd be willing to 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 be a judge in that fight and think that there's not going to be something down the, that comes down the line towards you uh, with criticism, especially um, the way the fight was judged. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, man. I mean, there definitely needs to be something that uh, Hector's back. Hopefully his, he's, he's, uh, he's connected. Well, <laughs> he looks frozen, but we'll see. And I hope the audio uh, works better. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm you sound frozen. fine. Oh my gosh. I mean, your, no, your, man, your sorry, image is frozen. Guess. That's all right, but your image is frozen, but okay. your audio is coming in. One at a two. Yeah, as long as we can hear you, I mean, that's good enough. <laughs> but we're talking about judging. Um, I don't know if you heard the news. We had a situation in MMA where um, a judge, oh, good, uh, good, good. you know, so I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation. Uh, I'm not sure where this is going to go for the Salise guy. Uh, I don't know if he's licensed in other states outside of uh, of Texas, so – We'll yeah. see what happens there, but um, you can certainly understand James Krause's frustration uh, with losing half of his pay and, well, and, and yeah, everything. Yeah, and 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 if you read that TSN article, it says it says one of the things is one of the things specifies it's it's written for boxing where it says, um, it, you know, if you're going to judge for ten rounds, I think the minimum is ten rounds, um, and there's a conflict of interest, like you know the fighter or so, or yeah, there's some kind of type of connection, you have to disclose it. And um, but because it's written for that ten rounds, uh, that's one of the things that 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 MMA is like. Well, then how are we supposed to really uh 
hold Solis accountable for not saying anything. So that that's that's going to be a long drawn out thing. Um, but uh, I mean, uh, horrible judging exists universally in combat sports. I mean, Adelaide Bird has affected both boxing and MMA. So um, I don't know if if Hector's back. Uh, are you back on the on? I don't, I don't. I think he's still lagging. So yeah, I mean that's the judging situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, were you able to oh, catch? Oh, uh, she's she's done MMA. Yeah, yeah, she did. She's done. She's done a few events. She, she's done MMA before. Ali Bird. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we're obviously having some issues here with uh, with Hector's uh, lagging behind us a little bit. Um, but uh, did you have manage to catch wow. uh, any of the fights no, over the I weekend? I didn't even know about that. Um, one thing I'll, I'll say is uh, the Texas Commission um, is widely known in boxing as being one of the worst commissions. Uh, he, I think we just lost him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was having some issues, but um, but I mean, uh, to his point, it it, uh, it it has been one of the, it it doesn't have the best reputation. I mean, when we look at stuff as far as like even test drug testing and stuff like that, you know, people say, oh, you know, you can get away with more in Texas than you can in other places. I mean, that that's just like a joke on on uh, hashtag MMA Twitter. But um, yeah, man, I mean, it's definitely something that uh, I I. I know they're going to appeal it or, uh, or, um, what you would call it? The, uh, his, his, uh, coach said he was, they're going to appeal it. But you and I both know, know when the, when these guys, most of the time, these guys appeal anything that they, they lose. So they're not, yeah. I mean, they're Yeah. They'll file an appeal, but it won't matter. Um, I mean, basically the Texas commission at this point would have to admit corruption if they're willing to overturn the card. I mean, or overturn the decision, uh, the scorecard, um, so I don't see that happening. I mean, this isn't a case where necessarily like a rule was, I mean, maybe a rule was broken where you needed to speak out on, on being a, involved with the other uh, fighters coach, but um, this isn't like a referee missing a, a, a blatant foul or, or something like that, where you might have a little bit more leg stand on. Um, you know, I just think it's a terrible situation in a, in a terrible sport for or a state for combat sports. And it just doesn't look good. And um, I, I, Again, I, I, I don't know if I should be blaming the UFC for this at all. I don't know if they have any say, but they know who the judges are going to be going into these events. Is there, you know, I mean, God, pay me and I'll do some background checks on some <laughs> of these judges. I mean, seriously, I mean, what is it's 2020. You can Google search. I mean, people found it within a uh, you know week, week and a half, all of a sudden, where nobody had any idea about it. Now we got photos of him with the, with the coach and stuff, so... I don't know. I, I just think that uh, it's something that we need to uh, address. And I, and I think the <laughs> UFC needs to, uh, to, to again, step up and be the forefront of, of rule changes and making sure that judges well, aren't set up to be in, put in corrupt situations. Uh, well, I don't know. It, go, it goes back to what, I, and, and uh, Hector, are you, are you back now on real, in real time or are you still lagging? 
I, I hope so, man. Can you guys see me okay now? Yeah, you actually yeah, look better. Can you see my lips moving at the right time. <laughs> Whatever you switch to is like I'm way sorry, better. Guys, I, I just went. I just did it on my phone now instead oh. of my laptop. So oh, <laughs> okay. Figure. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry about that, guys. That's, uh, that's all no, right. But, we were talking about. Uh, so uh, we had a, a bad situation where a judge had a conflict of interest. He actually knew. He knew the uh, the cor- the the affiliated gym or, or dojo, if you will, of the fighter that he judged in favor of. So we were talking about how, uh, mm. you know, how, how uh, you know, the, there, there should have been, there should be something done more. I mean, I don't know if Matt was hinting at fault, not fault, but the UFC should be having to do something. I mean, but it's something that's, I think it's just something that's going to be a uh, constant in combat sports. Like uh, before you had lost connection, we mentioned Adelaide bird. So, I was hoping you could chime in because I'm sure you have a ton of stories from boxing where horrible judging took place or there was, you know, I mean, she's the perfect example of, of like, like as far as like, how do you, how do you verify someone's credentials as far as like how, why there's, they, they have the title of judge for a combat sports event to begin with and uh, you know, the conflicts of interest and things like that. So, I mean, if, if, if you're uh, in, in real time now, by all means, chime in. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the Texas commission is usually considered one of the worst, you know, especially with boxing. There's been so much, I mean, controversial decisions, uh, you know, referees, the same referee being picked over and over to main event fights. Um, I I think it might stand on the commission um, in that situation to make sure that they put uh, the correct judges for the right fights, man, you know, that is definitely something that should have been disclosed because there's definitely a conflict of interest there. Um, one thing I, I did want to ask you guys uh, about scoring, um, and, and I understand that in MMA, you know, with, um, you know, standard fights, they're three rounds, championship fights, usually five rounds. How do you guys feel about uh, judges scoring certain rounds of draw, like a 10-10 round? Um, I know that in boxing, it's usually frowned upon uh, for judges to do that, which I, I think a lot of the times in rounds where nothing happens, um, you, you know, you're kind of forcing judges to kind of flip a coin and pick someone. And I think sometimes that leads to sometimes these weird kind of scorecards. What, what are you guys' thoughts about scoring rounds or draw? I've been a big proponent for for a long time. I think I think a ton more rounds should be scored 10-10. I think that would solve a lot of the judging issues that we have in the sport and a lot of the controversy. You'd have a lot of draws, but I have no I have no problem with that. Um, I, I I I'm okay with draws. Uh, I judged one MMA event in my life, and it was 20 years ago now. Um, it was basically no holds barred event, um, and it was up young up and coming fighters. And the the people I was I was helping with the event basically told me. Hey, uh, you know, these are young up and coming guys. If around 10, if, if you can't tell who, if you can't sit here and convince somebody that somebody won that round, score it 10, 10, he goes a uh, loss on these. Yeah. Uh, so maybe UFC is a different world where we're getting into the, the big, but I would love to see a lot more 10, 10s in the, in the, in the lower, uh, MMA, uh, events. Um, it, it would, you know, so what if a guy has 10 draws on his record? Um, in Japan, they do. You know, in Japan, a lot of the fights, if you go to a decision, it's an automatic draw. And I'm mm-hmm. not even so opposed to that mm-hmm. if we get to a point, especially with open scoring, if we go to the open scoring thing and you start seeing guys taking rounds off and stuff. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I, I have, so I'm definitely open to the 10-10. I've said that we should have a, there should be, you know, 
if, if there's been a thousand fights scored in the last 10 years, uh, you know, 900 of those fights should have had a 10-10 round at some point. I mean, that's basically the way yeah. I see it. So so many rounds yeah. are so close. And MMA's already screwed up because we're trying to use the boxing scoring. Um, and we don't have yeah, enough rounds. We don't have, it, we don't have enough rounds for it to even itself out. In boxing, you got 10, 12 rounds. Some some fights, you have four rounds, six rounds, eight rounds. But the, the, the fights that everybody mostly watch are 10 and 12 rounds. So you can, you can get past... Uh, usually you can get past a round or two of kind of controversy in MMA. It's literally one round. You know, I could beat the hell out of you and I get a 10, nine and the next round we jab and jog around the ring and you jab me three times and I only jab you two and they call it a 10, nine for you. And somehow it's the fights even going into the third when you've got a broken orbital bone, uh, you're missing three teeth. And I mean, I've, I've broke a sweat, but the judges have it you know, 19, 19, um, going into the third. So I'm, I'm a huge thing for 10, 10, 10. Um, I, I think that's how it, I think that's how judges should score it. I don't think the judges know enough of what they're looking at to honestly be able to do a 10, 10. Yeah. yeah, no. And, and you're, what you just said yet. Last point is a, is a good point. Uh, there goes Paul Sadabakadaka, however you say his name. Adelaide is a dunce. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, but, uh, what you just said, Matt, as far as like they, they don't know enough, that's that's one of the things that we kind of we actually kind of touched on this uh, on last week's episode when Ray was on, like uh, as far as for especially for mixed martial arts, there, there's there's judges from boxing that don't know the intricacies of, of the other aspects of fighting, yeah. judging in mixed martial arts. So and, and this is what I mentioned when we had Ray on last week, who's a, who's a, he coaches a lot of jujitsu guys and fighters and stuff. He's a. He's a black belt, uh, jiu-jitsu black belt out of uh, uh, Tampa, and um, Orlando, or, or Orlando. Sorry, and uh, he said that uh, you know, like, like one of the things is like, so if a guy's on his back, we we had talked about it, uh, or I said rather, if a guy's on his back and there's a guy on top of him, uh, you know, and he has a top position, but the guy on his back is attacking, you know, going for submission after submission, sweeps and stuff like that. You know, he's threatening from the bottom. He's probably more threatening than the guy on top. But if, if a, a judge that comes from boxing that doesn't understand that doesn't see that, then they're still going to score for the guy on top, even though, like, he's probably in the most danger. Um, so that's one of the things that, 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 that to Matt's point, know uh, enough about the sport that they're judging on. But the, the other problem is then you have, you have, uh, Something like this guy Joe Solis, like everyone was calling him a boxing guy, a boxing guy. Come to find out that that he's got a, a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, just so happens to be from the same gym as the guy that he judged in favor from. For so it, it's like it's it's wow. definitely yeah. So it's it, it's that's, definitely that's that's where the controversy even gets worse. Yeah, because the round that's in question, the round the the fighter he. Uh, said lost the round, mm-hmm. took the guy down and had his back on the ground attempting chokeholds for over four minutes of a five re- yeah. minute round, and he Ooh. and he gave the round to the other to his opponent to the other guy whose coach is the coach that gave him a black belt in two thousand eight. 
So it, it, that's so it's oh, we thought man. he was a boxing guy and he just didn't yeah. know what what he was watching. But it turns oh. out the dude basically should be an expert yeah. on ground fighting, and that's why it's even more <laughs> controversial. It wasn't like it was a stand up back and forth, couple takedowns. It yeah. was one dude on the guy's back for four four minutes out of a five minute round, and yeah. he gave the round to the other fighter for landing like three grounded but, punches. Yeah, but so just to, I mean, I went I went a long way to answer uh, Hector's question about the judging. As far as like, I mean, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm for doing ten ten rounds, but I mean, because it because it's only going to create more more controversy. As far as I mean, we're not conditioned, like you said, in Japan. It's it's kind of normal for for MMA, but for here, you know, you're you're always going to have someone saying, "Oh, exactly." Well, like like look at we all thought Judge Solis was a boxing guy. Come to find out, thanks to Aaron Bonster over at TSN doing his homework, to find out not only does the guy know the know the know the the the, the entire all the aspects of fighting, but he was just, you know, still favorite favoriting, you know, his guy. And I actually, when we talked about how uh, last week, Matt, when we were talking with Ray, I had said, I was like, yeah, we can get guys that know more of, you know, but the thing is you have to worry about belt. Remember if you said, I said, we well, had to worry about guys with belt affiliations and things like that. And, you know, six degrees of separation of who they shared the mats with. And this is like the perfect example. So it's like, it's the, it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, as far as your knowledge goes. I mean, I mean, worst case scenario, you marry a referee like Adelaide Bird, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so you you asked us the question, Hector. What's what's your opinion on the ten tens? Oh man, you, you know, I, I've seen so many fights, man, where there's just been some close rounds where you know I wanted to score it, you know, ten ten, and you know, I'm I'm not a judge, but mm-hmm. you know, on my own scorecard, I might have just picked the fighter based on, uh, you know. Th- what I felt maybe they, what they, what I felt that they accomplished more of what they wanted to do in that round. But even then that's very subjective, man. So I I think it can work, uh, but I I think you guys are right Um, in boxing because we have 10 and 12 round, you know, fights that it might be easier to transition more 10, 10 rounds. Um, As far as open scoring, I know you guys mentioned that that's been a really uh, more of a miss in boxing. Um, the the last big fight that had that was actually uh, with Canelo Alvarez in uh, 2013 before he fought Floyd Mayweather. He had a fight in Texas, uh, in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome against a guy named Austin Trout. And that was a really close fight. But I believe um, after the eighth round, they announced that Canelo was way ahead. And then afterwards, you know, you just notice Alvarez kind of more or less fighting more in spurts. Now, I don't want to say that Alvarez didn't deserve the decision in that fight that he ultimately got, but the open scoring definitely affected his his performance and his opponent's performance as well, where he kind of went all out uh, more so in those final few rounds. And, you know, maybe that wasn't part of his game plan to win that fight. So a lot of this is going to be, unfortunately, with, with most things in life, it's going to be trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, if we try open scoring or 10, 10 rounds, there's going to be fights where it, it worked out perfectly for it. You know, that fight was a draw. I don't, any, nobody's mad that it was scored a draw, but then there's going to be other fights where like, well, he clearly won that round. Why the hell did he score 10, 10? You know, I, I could see that happening both ways. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the open scoring. I think it'll backfire. Um, I think open scoring, yeah, I think will. open scoring yeah. for the crowd, um, or for at least the television audience would be something that would be kind of cool oh. to kind of flirt with so that at least, at least the audience watching can kind of get an opinion on what the judges are seeing as the, as the fight unfolds. Um, also, this might not, probably isn't a popular opinion. I don't know where the MMA world is on it, but I've, I've said for a while now, I think MMA fights should be five rounds and seven rounds. 
Um, if boxers can go 36 wow. minutes, I, I think we need more. If we're going to keep the scoring system, mm. I mean, in a perfect world, for me, it would be a 30-minute fight like we had in the original Valley Tudo days and maybe like a 15-minute fight. And it's cool. judge, you judge the fight. Um, you know, there's no right. breaks. If you get taken down and the dude's on you, you don't you don't get the 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 crowd or the the five minutes doesn't decide that you get a chance to stand up. So that's my perfect world. We're never going to see that. But no. I think I think a I think uh, I think five and I think all championship fights in MMA at this point should be seven rounds, and I think regular fights should be five. Yeah. Um, I think we've I think we, uh, MMA has evolved uh, to a point where everybody's defense is so good now, and there's such a um, a parody among the top fighters that I don't think three rounds um, and in some cases five is enough to, to, to separate uh, like you get in someone in boxing in boxing. It seems to me as someone who's watched a lot of boxing, you have a lot of close fights up into like the eighth, ninth round. And then all of a sudden the cream kind of rises to the top for the, the championship quote unquote championship rounds and the, and the later rounds. And and so it's usually you kind of have a winner in MMA. You could have a guy kind of revving up to roll as the fourth round ends. And then all of a sudden you got one round. I mean, we've seen it a million times where a dude at the end of the third round or the end of the fifth round is controlling the fight, taking over. And all of a sudden they go, yeah, you know, the fight ends and it just doesn't seem like you have to develop, you know, you can't really develop the storyline or the anymore for me. And I I think that is, or we change the rules and we go back to knees to the head kicks to the ground. I mean, we've, we've made it. So it's defensive fighters and, (laughs) and true, you know, guys have become so good at defense now. You don't get, the finishing rate has dropped off. Um, I, I, I mean, that's my thing. Um, and I know there'd be some boring ass fights, but there's some boring ass boxing twelve round fights too. I think MFMA fans would get oh, over yeah. it. Yeah, I think I think you get over oh, it. Yeah. But well, um, right, know, right? That, that's that's what I do. Yeah, but <laughs> so, so right now you just saw Hector. Just so you know, uh, Matt just teetered in between the just bleed Matt Hawkins and. And uh, making some sense, sense of Matt Hawkins, because sometimes I accuse of him just wanting to see too much violence. But to your point, Matt, I mean, I do miss the days of pride when we had a 10, 10, what was it, 10? It was a 10 minute first round. And, ten, yeah, and, you had a 10 and a 5. Yeah. And oh, champion, and champion, yeah. That's champion, crazy. <laughs> championship fights. I remember were still, um, 10 and then a 5. Yeah, yeah. So. Wasn't uh, the first, um, and there's probably a crap load of them, it was in pride. I, the one fight I do remember was. Uh, the first meeting between Chuck Liddell and uh, Rampage Jackson, I think that was one in that uh, three rounds, ten minute uh, round format on there as well. That that will be that would be very interesting, man, uh, to go back to that. Um, but the thing, one the, thing, um, the, I'm sorry. The thing, the thing of uh, the thing about doing that is is that that's those long rounds that the 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 thirty minute fights that Matt mentioned and stuff like that. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about the the. Uh, I got to choose my words carefully. This state of uh, fandom that we live in, I'll say it like that. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. not yeah. everybody, not everybody yeah. is is uh, ready for for that. The, but for I that think one. I think a lot of people yeah. are afraid of what they don't know, though. People act oh, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. people act like soccer kicks or something are this thing yeah. where people are dying and left and right. The, the proof's not there. Japan's allowed soccer kicks for now going on like almost 30 years. Yeah, and we have no. no serious injuries from it. I mean, guys, guys get their brains knocked around with elbows all, all day oh, long. Yeah. And they count. I mean, I think it's, I think it's the fear of what you don't know. You go, Oh my God, a 30 minute fight around. Do you really well, think we had it? Do you really think the front runner right now, the UFC is the one that draws in all the new fans, all the casuals. 
You really think they're going to try to change what they've been doing now? I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. I, I don't. I don't mm. think they're going to, but I think in the long run, it's going to hurt the sport. We talk about them not changing rules, not mm. not being you know not being the forefront of. They should be pushing for rule changes to make the sport better. Every other sport does that. Um, you know, uh, boxing falls in the same thing. Not much has changed in boxing, but boxing's a little bit more streamlined. I mean, well, it's a stand-up sport. You know, b- uh, baseball changes the way baseballs are. Changes yeah. the way bats can be made. Rules, uh, pine tar rules. Um, I mean, they, they need stuff. to start fighting in baseball because baseball's mad boring to me. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, but everything uh, basketball, yeah. basketball. <laughs> changes, yeah. You know, I mean, other but, sports uh, though change to try to keep it more fan friendly. Um, you know, well, the, the shot they, clock in basketball change has changed. They, Hector, when did they shorten the rounds in boxing? I mean, they went from fifteen to twelve at some you know what? I, I believe it was in the. It started off with uh, some of the boxing commissions choosing their championship fights in the late '80s. Um, mm. If you remember, uh, Ray Mancini, um, he fought a fighter. Forgive me if I uh, mistake his name, uh, Dung Kun Kim, mm-hmm. um, and you know he ended up you know passing away. And and I think with boxing, man, a lot of people are advocating. Uh, well, you know, not maybe not a lot of people, but some people I've seen advocate for even shorter rounds. Like the, I know in women's boxing, they only do two minute rounds and hmm. 10, 10 rounds only, um, which leads to a lot of as far as a shooting ringside, you know, it, it's funner to capture those fights. But the thing with boxing is since July of last year, man, you know, we had six different fighters, you know, who, who, who died and passed away, most yeah. notably Maxim Dashadev. So there's going to be a lot more. Um, because there's not an exact science to it. We, we don't know if, you know, we, we saw a guy like uh, Pritchard Cologne a few years ago. It looked like, you know, he looked like he was faking it almost. He got hit in the back of the head, and next thing you know, now he's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And then other guys, you know, who can, you know, take damage for 12 rounds, and then they're just fine right afterwards. It's, yeah. it's weird. There's not an exact science to it yet. So I think boxing, I, I wouldn't. I, don't, I think it's going to stay at that format with 12 rounds for championship fights. I think we're going to see a lot more 10-round uh, bouts from this point forward when it's not a championship fight. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, if it's two well-known names, they'll still do 12 rounds. But, um, man, you, you, the thing with MMA, though, uh, which is a good thing, is that their boxing has this, you know, longer history of over 100 years to, you know, fix – and experiment with different things. You know, they used to go unlimited rounds, <laughs> unbelievably, you know, 20 yeah. rounds in the twenties. So yeah. I, I think it, it might not be a bad idea because you, I think you guys are right, man. Just, you know, it's easy to, you know, boxing is a combat sport too, you know, okay, we'll just, you know, copy, you know, what they do. And that might work, um, you know, for some fights and it might, and it, you know, technically I guess it has worked and, you know, you've seen the expansion of the sport and its popularity, but mm-hmm. I, I think that the good thing about MMA is that there's room. I feel like, especially with Bellator, one uh, FC, um, U- the UFC, you know, some of these promotions, maybe to experiment and see what works for them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. Cause in MMA, you know, when it, when it started off, for, when I say MMA, I'm going to start with UFC one. Obviously, there was right. MMA before that, or no holds barred fighting, Valley Tudo in other countries. But when when the right. we what we accept as MMA starting was UFC one. There was there was no time limit. None of those fights went past five minutes. So there was never it never even came. Actually, UFC one had rounds. It had unlimited rounds, but none of the fight right, fights actually got went to five minutes. So it was irrelevant. At UFC two, they went to no time limit. 
Um, and again, I think the longest fight in that event was like uh, 12 or 13 minutes. Um, but I feel like in order to become legal, we had to like speed everything up. Like we didn't have a chance to have yeah. like five. We didn't have a chance to have 50 events and figure mm-hmm. out is a 30 minute round or if it, 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 UFC had a, thir- had a 30 for their super fights and then a five minute overtime round. But uh, I believe for the majority of it, it was like um, they had actually time where it was 12 minute fight and then a three minute overtime where there was a break and then they came out for the final three. And then and then we had some 20 minute. I mean, it, it bounced around at that time, but everything was so it was this is all within like, you know, within like 16 events. Um, and, and we had to, we had, we went from unlimited rounds to no time limit mm-hmm. to 12 minute fights to 15 <laughs> minute fights to 30 minute fights. Uh, and then back to yeah. rounds. And I mean, this is, so this happened over a time. It was like five years. Cause there was only a couple events every year, yeah. but it was such a short period of time. I feel like now that we're MMA is a legitimate sport. I think it's accepted pretty much yeah, worldwide at this end, point. So yeah. you know what i mean like i feel like we can kind of expand our ideas a little bit now we can go okay yeah. like we, we got more doctors involved so let's find out if this uh strike is really that much more dangerous i mean you can never convince me that a knee to the head on the ground is worse than a standing head kick i just we've seen crow cop almost murder people with standing head <laughs> kicks you kick them in the head you knock them out and they <laughs> yeah, fall, yeah, they, yeah, fall they fall down to the mat i mean the the amount of knee knockouts on the ground like we can literally think of like the the, the five that have ever really happened you know yeah. you got mark coleman's and don fries i mean some of those guys but those were a lot of those were mismatches yeah. you've got guys now that are so good we uh, Ryzen allows soccer kicks, and we don't see dudes getting soccer kicked. When you fall to the ground in Ryzen, you know a soccer kick could be coming, so you're prepared to get the hell out of dodge. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah. whereas now I've I've joked about it, but in MMA, the safest position is on all fours in front of your opponent. Yeah. All he can do is duck down and try to punch you. He can't kick you. He can't el- I mean, he can elbow you, but he has to literally go down to your level. I mean, if you dog crawled out to somebody. The only legal move they can do is basically drop down to your level a foot and a half, two feet off the ground and try to punch you in the face. And to me, that's really kind of, I mean, obviously they can tackle you, try to take your back, but as far as a strike goes. So I think we need to evolve and, um, you know, we're getting off topic, but yeah, I mean, that's, I just think with rounds and time and judging and everything, I think MMA is getting stagnant at this point. And if they're not careful, a little bit more corruption, or if we find out something's more corrupt, or we start having situations like we had with Diego Sanchez, where you got fighters quit bailing out of fights. I hate to use the word quitting because these guys are freaking warriors, but you have guys who know that, okay, I was hit with an illegal strike. I can quit now and I'm going to win. Yeah, I, well, I, that that kind of shit. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't like if that becomes a, a habit. I, I think, th- I think the sport of MMA will be in more trouble than than they think well, in the that, long run. That's the thing with, uh, I mean, like, like Hexer just said, but boxing's got, you know, we we've got what twenty five, thirty years of, you know, that boxing's been around for over a hundred years or whatever. So, I mean, I hope it doesn't take a hundred years for MMA to to kind kind of clean itself up or fix the issues that it does have right now. But I mean, you know, it only. It's cliche, but only time will tell. And speaking of time, we're about to run out. So, um, with a few minutes left, I mean, there's a lot going on this week. And obviously, we 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 have brought Hector on for Wilder Fury too. Um, but uh, there's uh, the UFC event with uh, 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 Paul Felder and uh, Dan Hooker. Uh, there's back-to-back Bellator events this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, Submission Underground on Sunday. Uh, I'm 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 doing live results for LFA at my MMA news. 
um hector uh by all means man plug away your uh the work you got coming this week for from proof media oh man thank you so much man first i just want to say everybody out there please follow coast to coast uh combat hour man everybody check them out man it was a pleasure being on the show with you guys if you guys want to see any of my I work in the future, you know, go to frontproofmedia.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram. It's simple. It's just Hectorgram on my Instagram. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Frontproof Media. Uh, we also have our own podcast too, uh, Frontproof Nation Podcasts on, um, you know, uh, Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple iTunes as well. Um, you know, it was definitely a pleasure being on the show with you guys, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And I, one thing, I'm sorry about the the sound quality issues, though, guys. Hopefully, next time uh, you guys have me on, you know, uh, hopefully this won't happen again. No, no problem. It happens. Yeah, right. uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Anytime we get a chance to talk boxing with somebody who uh, really knows the sport, uh, it's it's always a pleasure. Um, fans can always follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, like you said, loaded weekend, UFC, Bellator, and then the big heavyweight world championship, Fury uh, versus Wilder pay-per-view. So uh, look forward to talking to you next week, Ed, and uh, having you back on again uh, in the near future here, Hector, to, uh, to get us caught up and uh, updated on the world of boxing as uh, these big fights happen. Absolutely, man. Anytime, you guys. Anytime. Hey, guys. Ed here. East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.